Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so passionate about peeling back that veil our society has constructed around perfectionism online. When starting my own personal platform on Instagram, I realized that I was getting caught in the inauthentic hustle, and it was severely affecting my mental health, mostly because I was comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Throughout my life, I've come to own that my setbacks were actually just set ups for something better. I found a way to step into my true potential, and the goal is to amplify other voices who have done the same so that someone out there feels seen and that much less alone. I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest. So let's get started. Hey, hi, hello. We are back, and you might have noticed that we skipped a week last week. And that's because if you have listened to any episode here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, you hear me constantly preaching to listen to your body, slow down, fill up your own cup before you can begin to fill up others. And I'm really trying to take my own advice in 2022. That being said, I am cooking up something very exciting in my own personal life that is taking a lot of time, attention, and care <laughs> in creating. And I'm, I'm so excited to share it with you very soon. But with that comes me taking a little bit of a step back here. The podcast will still continue, but to be able to give me the perfect amount of balance that I need in my life right now, it is going to go to bi-monthly. So we will alternate weeks and have two episodes a month instead of four. Thank you for understanding. I appreciate everyone being here and we're going to continue interviewing guests and hopefully connecting on this incredible space that we have created. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our next guest. This conversation was something that I needed right in that moment, and I was so thankful for being connected with Helene. After returning to her hometown, Helene rediscovered her spark by connecting to her roots at the Jersey Shore. Reflecting by the ocean and having sand in her shoes inspired her to have the courage, passion, and voice to begin her platform. Suffering from vertigo had diminished Helene's inner light till she reclaimed it by cathartically healing her coming from the heart community, one heart at a time. Again, this conversation was everything that my soul needed in that exact moment, and I hope it can be as healing for you. Here is my conversation with Helene. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Young, and I am so excited to jump right into this next conversation with a fellow podcaster. Helene, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, Amanda, you, you're you rocking it. 
girlfriend. <laughs> you got your rainbows. You got colors everywhere. I have this boring dark door behind me. I'm just trying to show you <laughs> my flowers. I don't know if you can see any flowers. I had it like set up here a little bit. I can. Maybe, yep. Right there. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so yeah, thank you for just wanting to say hi to me as a fellow podcaster. And we have to thank Zane. Shout out to Zane out there. Yes. Zane is going. He's a young person like yourself. And um, I'm just, I'm, I admire your passion and I admire your why and how of your podcast. And I think that um, people like yourselves, and I include me in the, in the loop, um, are just doing great things for so many people and communities. And um, personal experiences clearly are the reason of my why and how, and I assume yeah. that's yours as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love everything that you said about that. And I am so excited to talk more about your podcast and what has just become a path. All right. So we're back. Uh, funny story. Both Helene and I are on the East Coast and we're ex experiencing some intense thunderstorms right now. So we have dropped the call two times already. So we're just going to go with the flow here. You know, that's honestly the nature of podcasting, which brings me to one of my biggest questions. Helene, you have an incredible podcast and I would just love to hear how you got started with coming from the heart. Well, thanks, Amanda. And you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to speed it up a little bit. So <laughs> related. If not, I'm heading towards the window so I can have better reception. Like, can you hear me now? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> um yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. You're adorable. I love your energy. I feel like you are now going to be part of my community. I collect <laughs> people, as Alexandra says. Um, yeah, the why and the how of coming from the heart really started because I was going through a, as I say, a tumultuous time of vertigo. I mm. was um, teaching full time grad school at Stevens Institute of Technology. I love my job. Uh, I love my students. The only downfall of the whole situation is I was commuting um, approximately four hours per day, which in my mind right now is like, what? Like, how and why do we do things? Well, you do them because you are in this treadmill in, and, and it was a finance thing and my kids were, you know, going to, off to college and, and I love my job, but it was just really far from my home. Um, teaching international grad students was just this, it was really kind of a cathartic way for me healing at that point in my life because I love languages, I love my department, and I, um, I assist students coming in from all over the world. And a large component of what I did was more or less counseling. I mean, when mm. you are a teacher, I had taught elementary, middle school, ESL, leveraged into grad school and became the assistant director there. I always had a connection to Stevenson somehow. There was always a place in my heart for that. Um, you develop relationships. You, you, it's just not, you are just not the professor when you're teaching ESL. And if anyone knows when you're teaching really anything, but specifically the specialties like language support or, or, or um, speech pathology or any of the specialists or children who need um, support in, 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 uh, classrooms of learning disables and all that kind of stuff, you sort of are looked at in a different way. Not that I'm negating a regular, a regular teacher because my parents were teachers and so forth. Mm -hmm. but you develop a closer bond in certain situations. And particularly with my grad students, I had that going. I mean, I used to have like a line out my door, not even so much about their assessments, 
but just about life. And, and I sort of wore this, this shingle on my head kind of a thing. So when I left Stevens, and that was an excessively difficult time for me because I had been doing it for so long, but I was not well. And I was going mm. through vertigo, which I had gone through when, my, when Alexandra was, uh, right before I was actually pregnant with Alexandra in my late 20s. Um, it was like round two with this. And um, I was not really in a position physically or mentally to be driving every day. And I was just yeah. doing it because I just, just who I am. I was like, you know, kind of sucked it up, got into the car and was doing my thing, but I was really not well. And um, it was taking a toll on me a lot. And it got to a point right before the pandemic, pandemic of course was in March, uh, 2020, of course, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I left my position, went out on a disability and it was crazy horrific transition time for me to stop working and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I sort of was, as my as my daughter, as Alexandra would say, I was like the first to, when I say the first, what I'm gonna reference is everyone else, meaning the world sort of followed me from behind. I'm always the trailblazer of what I'm doing. <laughs> I love like, it. Um, that I was experiencing this, oh shit, like I left my job because I wasn't feeling well. And I was going to therapists and doctors and they no one knew what was wrong with me why I was feeling a certain way. I finally found this wonderful practitioner, um, an OT person or PT, not OT, but actually PT, a shout out to my really close person in my life, Helena, if she's ever watching this. Um, she saved my life. I mean, mm. she literally got me to a point where it was like, okay, these are a certain amount of exercises and strategies. And what I was dealing with was not even just vertigo in the reference of just not being able to navigate on a daily basis because I was feeling so ill, um, but also supported me a little bit with my mental health as well. And, you know, so I got through that. Well, I wouldn't say I got through it. It's, it was a transition of going yeah. through it. Yeah. So I left my job, was in this transition and referencing to the podcast, because that's really what I kind of focus on, but I was giving a little bit of a backstory, is my mental health when I was going through all of my vertigo moments and trying to go to these doctors and not really getting the answers that I needed or wanted and excessively frustrated. And I was in a excessively dark black abyss, mm. the black hole. Yeah. And Alexandra one evening was on the phone with me and I was just saying to her kind of this is what's going on in my life and you know she was trying to support us we support each other so well and i said you know so much of this what i'm going through is coming from my heart there's the name coming from my heart and she and i were sort of doodling something on a piece of paper and we came up with the same sort of like a heart and something like it wasn't definitive but there was there was this this universe connection alexandra mm. and i are very was very spiritual. It's like, okay. So she's like, mom, you know, you really need to get your voice out there. It wasn't like, oh, let's go do a podcast. You got to get your voice out there. You've spoken to your students for so long. People connect to you. You know, the world needs you. You need oh. to get back there. You know, maybe she didn't say the world needed you. Maybe that was something in the interim. She'll say, but I didn't still, say what a supportive <laughs> daughter to yeah. have in yeah. your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't, she didn't. I think what happened is I went to this other woman who was really into um, uh, not. I was about to say stones and rocks and all that kind of stuff because yeah. I was trying to maybe get Reiki. I I was all over the place trying yeah. to figure out how to help myself, and it was so so difficult. But again, the physical and the mental were sort of running parallel. What I did not address 
at all was the mental health aspect because I suck it up and I just do it. And mm. I didn't, I didn't go to a therapist. I should have clearly gone to a therapist. Um, I had gone to a therapist at another point in my life when I lost my mom. Mm. And that was just something I didn't do. Clearly I needed to do. And I sort of was just trying to navigate from day to day. So here's the, here's the, say, say the silver lining of the story is I moved down to South Jersey, my hometown where in that space, or should I say that safe space, the house my mom had passed seven years ago, the house became ours. It was COVID time, mm -hmm. you know, shit was going down. People were moving. There was so much upside down. What, what is right? What is wrong? You were just trying to survive clearly. Yeah. So I moved down there to figure out, okay, I, I know I'm not feeling well. I need to get away. We were living in central Jersey. I need to get, I need to get to the beach. I need to, cause that's where I can process. That's where I can think and I can, you know, navigate my walking and all my therapy like things that I had was doing in physical therapy because physical therapy ended because it was COVID. So my therapist basically said, well, nice to meet you. <laughs> See you later. You got to go home and you got to do these exercises by yourself. There's no more therapy. Okay. Wow. So the beach became my therapy place to do my exercises, all things that she had taught me. Mm. And also to clear my mind and my soul for what I really wanted to do next. So that's what I did. I walked the beach every single day. Alexandra was still saying, well, you know, maybe you should think about a podcast. I knew nothing about podcasts. I really never had listened to podcasts. I clearly should have, cause I was in my car for hours at a time. I was gonna say that would be the perfect time. I had a two hour commute too. And that's yeah. all I did was listen yeah. to podcasts the oh, whole yeah. time. I mean, yeah, I should have, I sing, I've sang my whole life. I used to sing in the car. That was my cathartic way to heal. Singing is a lot, a lot to mm -hmm. do with me and a lot to do with music This has a lot to do with my background, but back to the podcasting, I said, okay, you know, yeah, I got to get to this. And June, almost two years ago, I sat down at my kitchen table in my mom's house with my lap, with this laptop. Aww. And I said my story, gave my story. And then I looked at Alexandra and I said, do you want to do this with me? And she was like, all right. Cause I, just, <laughs> I, I believe I was not really sure how to go and navigate this alone. Like I wasn't really in tune to that. And then she would be like, well, just like be yourself and just don't be so scripted and you know, all this stuff and just do what you would do with your students. And clearly I knew how to articulate. I, I would give conferences. I spoke to hundreds of people at a time. It was my job. I was an administrator. Hell, I could talk to the world. Why not? So I got on, I gave my story. Um, and really the beach and my soul again, back to my safe space of South Jersey and being in my home was always the place that I would go to when I had this transition moment, when I came mm -hmm. home from college and I was working in a retail uh, situation at Macy's right out of college and I was not happy and I was just kind of figuring it out. That was home base. And I feel or felt so fortunate that I have that home base where I can go home and just okay, what do I do now? So walking the beach, looking out at the sea, the ocean, and trying to figure out what is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And I get, you know, I'm getting like emotional talking about it because um, coming from the heart is me. Mm. Like me, I am coming from the heart. Coming from the heart is me. So everything and anything I put out there and we've done webinars and we've done 
sexual assault and mental health collaborations. And I've kind of, I guess not kind of, I've spoken to hundreds of people, the famous, the infamous, and it's really about people wanting to share some core of themselves of connectivity because the expression is at the end of the day, everybody's going through something. And you know, as well as I, with your own podcast, pandemic was a shit show for everyone. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what you did or how much money you had or where you were, it, it affected everyone in so many different aspects. And I believe that was the core of, I hit a chord in so many people that wanted to connect. So yeah, so that's pretty much who I am and where I'm going and I've morphed and I've grown and I've now have a huger presence on Instagram. Um, Alexandra will laugh as I do with the numbers, like, you know, I'm small, but I'm mighty. Yeah. I just hit my 1K and growing, but that never pulled me back or pushed me forward to the type of people that I want to have on because I, you know, if I was to teach a social media class, which is possibly on the horizon at Stevens with Ooh. working with international students, because I didn't know anything about social media. I knew nothing. And I self-taught, I have to give a shout out to my son, Prez. Presley, you're awesome. Um, always, you know, answering my millions of questions and whatever I had, but you know, social media is the bad and the evil. I mean, it's the good and the evil, excuse yeah. me. Because I've connected to so many incredible people and voices. And I really believe it's how you use the platform in regards to whatever you're doing in your life. Mm. And that's my piece. Mm. Yeah. So powerful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being so vulnerable and open and really just being able to level with us. And I resonated with so much of what you said. I definitely followed you because I had a whole reevaluation process when the pandemic hit. It okay. took me a year to get there, but mm. eventually I listened to my own mental health and yes. went on this journey to get to where we are now. But yeah. how, how incredible for you to listen to your body and continue advocating for yourself like that. Just hearing your story of doctors not knowing what was going on and just feeling like you weren't getting the correct answers. How was that process for you? Exhausting, exhausting, physically, mentally, you know, part of coming from the heart also was, was the entity for me to cathartically heal mm. when I was going through vertigo and I was trying to put myself out there. When I say out there, go out in public. And it was hard for me because I wasn't feeling well. And I would go to a concert with my husband and I was overstimulated by people and noises and, and things were bothering me that never bothered me, but yet there were moments where let's say if I was sitting in an outdoor situation, obviously this was, well, this was, was this pandemic? This is a little bit pre pandemic. Cause it wasn't as, you know, pandemic shut everything down. Um, I would start having conversations with people and, be, and someone would go, Oh, I have a friend who has vertigo or something about vertigo. And I kept saying to my husband, you know, this was before the concept of really Alexandra and I talking about it. I, I have to get my voice out there. Yeah. I, I have to speak to people because as you understand from what you do, the more that you can validate others, it's more how you're validating yourself. So it's one big loop and you know, okay, God, I'm not alone. Should I go on a thousand chat rooms? Sure. That would be great too. But, um, 
you know, everyone just wants to be seen mm -hmm. and not feel alone. And I was so, so, so alone. And I have the most supportive, incredible family. But mm. I was, and I, and I go, you know, how is that possible? Oh no, it was possible. It was a slippery slope for me in my mental health. And again, my mental health was just never addressed. And okay, was I responsible for that? Sure, yes and no, but I think that for everybody out there, when you're going through this mental health hell, um, practitioners, not all, because I'm not going to throw them all under the bus. Fair. But, <laughs> but, but the majority that I went to never talked about it. They were, they were focused in on whatever I was, say, complaining or at that moment. And I went to, gosh, so many, all different types of tests. And it was never like... Well, you know, maybe you should seek out someone to speak to or a counselor, never. And really coming from the heart made me kind of like, I say, loop back to, well, wait a minute, I'm really like messed up here in my head. I know I've been going through like a lot of this other stuff and I never like really thought about it mm. in that respect. So the cathartically healing is sure. When you tell your story in any situation, you connect to others, you build a community, and that's really what Coming From the Heart's about in regards to really any topics that we talk about. Because I feel people, I feel, okay, God, you know, wow, I experienced what I experienced. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a matter of connectivity, never feeling isolated, mm -hmm. and validation. Like, hear my voice. Like, yeah. Me, look at me. I'm speaking. I mean, I remember going to this one woman. I won't say her name. This ENT in in Manhattan. I had been to many, and I literally, Amanda was sitting there sobbing in the chair, hysterical crying. My husband sitting next to me because I was telling this woman all this stuff that I was going through, and it was clearly had such. It resonated as such a mental health issue besides my physical. Ice ice, ice, like there should have been ice cubes coming from the ceiling. And yeah, and I just, um, I'm sad for that situation of where I was at that time. But what I want to say is when you're having a mental health situation, regardless of whatever it is, um, you just want someone to go, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I get it. I, mm -hmm. I hear you. I may not understand, but I, but I get it. And I, and I never got it. Yeah. until I went to my physical therapist and she said, oh yeah, in the next year, so this was a year or more ago, we're going to address the, men yeah, think, the mental health aspect of what everybody's going through. And she gave me strategies. She gave me the validation and wow. she made me feel, I'm really gonna cry, not oh. alone. Mm. Mm. Oh, that is so powerful and I, I hear you. I see you. I am you. I resonate so much because right before I got my bipolar two diagnosis, I was sobbing to my primary care that I'm yeah. on depression meds. I'm on anxiety meds. You keep upping them, but I'm getting worse. Something is wrong. Run mm -hmm. all these tests. And she looked at me and was like, Amanda, everyone's depressed. It's a pandemic. You're just overweight and depressed. And I'm like, no, <laughs> something's going on. And so I'm just so proud of you for oh, continuing you. to be brave and find answers that helped you and coming to this moment for you where you realize that 
health is mental health is holistic. It's not just physical health. And I like to compare it to a puzzle piece that without Mm -hmm. the puzzle piece of mental health, you're never going to get the full picture. Love that. Mm -hmm. It's so funny you referenced the puzzle piece because that's why, excuse me, that's what I used to say to whoever would listen. It's this missing component of something. I'm very visual and I knew that something was not connecting here because it was just completely being ignored in your situation as well. You clearly had these signs, but I believe and I know that most practitioners, even the best of the best, because of insurance, because of the world we live in, there's segments of amount of time they can allot to a patient. And the really, the practitioners who really, really hear you, not so much, unless you go holistic and a functional doctor. I actually saw a functional doctor and she was wonderful and she validated me and Mm. and I should have added that in. But for the majority, no, you're alone. Mm -hmm. That's it. And they want to med you out um, because it's easy. We're, We're Western culture. Take a pill. You'll feel better. Okay, but maybe I should speak to someone too. And I'm not negating meds. Okay, so just want to put that out there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not not negating meds because, you know, I absolutely think that people need to address that with the right practitioner or with their psychiatrist. I am not qualified to say any of that. I'm just saying that I think there needs to be a balance of some sort and you really need to be evaluated, you know. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about finding that recipe that works. And that's one thing I love about talking about mental health is it's such a spectrum and it's not one size fits all. And no. that in itself, no. I feel is so uniquely human that we are all so unique and so different, which means that we can all find something unique that works for us. And mm-hmm. for me personally, it is medication, but also therapy and physical exercise and all yes, these other components you. that all go yes. together. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. whenever I speak about my experiences, I always remind people that, Hey, this is me, but you could have the exact same disorders as me and have mm-hmm. completely different experience because absolutely all of our brains are so vastly different. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think it took the pandemic. I always say silver lining for me clearly, because I started the podcast. I'm able to sit here and meet someone like you. I mean, every person that I meet is just becomes a part of my community. Like I said, I, I attach to people and <laughs> it just morphs and it grows. Um, that, yeah, I love what you just said that, you know, you, you are an individual, everyone is unique and it's not one size fits all. It's not one size fits all. And the pandemic really brought to fruition the fact that hey, mental health, hello, like, you're not crazy, you're just going through stuff. And we were living in this completely fast paced society and world that sort of had to slow down Mm -hmm. and notice. So if the pandemic hadn't happened, would we be in a situation of maybe positivity with mental health? I clearly think not. No, I don't think so. I, I clearly think not. So, you know, positivity that I try to exude. Yeah, I mean, I think so, or I know so. Um, because, again, I don't believe and I know that that mental health, mindfulness, mind and body was never ever looked upon in the light that it is now where people didn't really see that. And now it's almost, it's funny, I find in certain aspects, it's become almost 
trendy or it's yes. spoken about. Mm-hmm. And that is not really what I want to see or hear because, you know, safe space and all the, you know, I'm, all I'm the buzzwords. Oh, yep. yeah. I'm a language person from teaching, you know, my linguistics for and so long. That authenticity, that has become yes. a big buzzword too. Yeah. And it's- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great because I think the language is out there. And I think it's giving people that normally who would never speak up or about a safe space. Here we go with that word, Mm -hmm. a a place, a place to be able to do this. I mean, Jake Goodman, I always talk about, um, if you follow Jake on TikTok or anything, he's a great person to follow. He's a psychiatrist that went through his own stuff is on meds, treats Mm -hmm. patients. And, um, we had him on the podcast about a year or so ago and he spoke of his, of his life and his situation. And, um, and specifically certain communities. Well, let's just not even communities. Let's talk gender. Men. Yeah. Men, yeah. men don't talk about their mental health. My son actually is, I can speak freely of this, is see someone now and he feels so great about it. And he's like, mom, why wouldn't I want to air vomit? You know, he's 19. My, my shit, excuse me, to someone yeah. else. And then Bill, okay. And yeah. I go, yeah. So the stigma uh, and that's why I'm just referencing the stigma that Jake talked about, that I talked about with Prez or, and of course, Alexandra and in my own family. Oh, my God, it's still there. And it affects every socioeconomic. You know, I'm talking to, got to a guy out in California for a nonprofit out there. And, you know, he was mentioning that the black community, black men in yes, general. Oh, yes. no, 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 we don't we don't talk about depression or anxiety. Well, hell, yeah, you do, because you're human. And everybody goes through it. And when a star comes out, meaning, of course, Hollywood, oh, that everyone wants to talk about bipolar because it's trendy and it's, I mean, please. I mean, it's crazy. But they're putting their voice to a syndrome. So now it's okay to talk about it. So, okay, positivity, sure. We're giving light to that. But I believe we have a long, a long way to go. Mm -hmm. A long way to go with it. I completely agree. And you actually just segued perfectly me into the next question is over the years for you personally, how have you seen mental health stigma evolve? Even I would assume within the past 20, 10 years, it for me has changed so much in my own life. You mean generally speaking about stigmas in general with uh, in regards to mental health? Yeah. I think it's, I think like I'm referencing back to Jake and, you know, that was kind of one of his aspects of his platform to rid the stigmas and move o- move forward, excuse me, um, regarding people taking medications. I think yeah. one of the TikTok videos was him, you know, taking a pill and he got a lot of flack on that one because, you know, like, oh, wait, I'm a psychiatrist, I'm taking medication, but I'm also treating patients too. And that was so not accepted by so many. Well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. You're a human. You're going, even though this is your job. It's so hypocritical because it's like, okay, so you can help people, but you can't help yourself. Yes. Yeah. And then another person that comes to mind, um, a really nice friend of mine down in South Jersey, Jamie Angelini, she heads Spears, a whole mental health collaboration down there. We've spoken on the podcast as well. And we've spoken about that with stigmas. The stigmas, Amanda, are still there. Mm -hmm. Are they getting a little bit better? I think it depends on your community. Yes. I think it depends on your socio socioeconomic 
Um, you know, uh, elite people can go, oh yes, it's gotten so much better. Really? I don't, you know, globally speaking, um, I taught the world, specifically students from China and India. No way is it getting better there. Stigmas, you don't talk about mental health when you're a guy, or even, shall I just say, blanket the whole country. Anyone in China, I have very close friends who are, who are Chinese and from China who now live in the States. And when I was teaching my students, um, particularly, unfortunately, one of my students committed suicide. Um, oh, about I'm so sorry. Six months or so after I had him during the semester, I remember going to his memorial service and I was like, oh my God, like, oh, I never knew that, you know, this situation was going, well, of course I didn't know because he presented himself in a way um, and it was horrific. I remember it was, God, it was just like, oh my God, how can, how could this child have been in my class and I didn't know being a male and being from China, forget about it. You know, I mean, I have to say universities, because I can talk of myself when I was at Stevens as a professor. I can talk from Alexandra's perspective, being at Rutgers and now Presley's at Indiana uh, mm -hmm. University. I think that they've gotten better in their programs, but I think there is an excessive amount of work that they need to do. Really, really do. When these babies are coming in as, you know, from high school into college and dealing with the stress and, and grad school, forget about it. Meaning in grad school, the excessive amounts of pressure is exorbitant. So mm. it's, it's, it's not, they don't care. Meaning yeah. like the programs don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but my point is though, that colleges need to be more responsible for mental health and they're yes. not. And Especially not. because that is the age for my personal disorders. That is when bipolar shows a lot of its symptoms is those early, mm -hmm. like late teenage, early twenties years. Yes. And yes. I didn't know what to look for. I was not educated on, Hey, this is in your genes because tons of family members had it because wow. again, mental health has come a long way and people are be getting more diagnosed now than they were back in the day. Mm. And the symptoms for me kind of just looked like normal college symptoms, like excessive mm. drinking and staying up really late. And oh, wow. that could be, oh, well, Amanda was in a sorority and she's trying to get straight A's. So she's pulling all nighters, you know? Oh, and wow. so wow. I think you bring up such a good point is, you know, we can think in our own close circle that, wow, mental health has come so far. And even within my own community online, I'm very open about mental health. Therefore, people that like that gravitate towards me. But mm -hmm. it's important to remember the intersectionality of it and that mm -hmm. gender and race and immigrants. And there's just so many other facets that don't right. always apply, but that we need to be mindful about. No, absolutely. And you brought up a good point, like the different communities who can't afford mental health. Mm -hmm. What about them? I mean, yeah. that's really this guy that I'm talking to in California, um, beginning this nonprofit out there where mm. um, you're kind of trying to address so many situations where they're getting the right help. 
And I feel that there's so many communities that are not. I'm not talking the elite or the privilege or the people that have insurance or yeah. whatever. You know, a concept actually I was even saying to my husband, I guess a couple months ago, is like, for an example, you know, you don't feel well, you can go to an urgent care. Well, what if you could go to an urgent care for mental health? What about if you could, you know, go into a facility and go, you know, I'm just I'm not feeling something today. I mean, maybe someone wouldn't want to admit it, but maybe it, it was perpetuating for a week or so. Yeah. And you could go in and you could speak to a counselor or better yet, go to a CVS or a Walgreens and have that type of a support. I mean, you go in for a mini clinic because you have a sore throat or you think you have COVID because everyone thinks yep. they have COVID. <laughs> um, why not that? Because that to me would be bringing mental health and mindfulness to everybody. Mm -hmm. not Making just... it accessible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think about my own story and that I finally got to this point where I was so low that I knew something was wrong and I made the decision, okay, I need to find a therapist. There was like a couple month waiting list. And so I yes. worked myself up to the point of, I'm going to find a therapist. I found a therapist research my insurance, all of that. And then I call and they're like, yeah, it'll be like three months. And it's like, I don't know that I have three months, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's just so unfortunate. Oh my God. You know, That's, the, no, the process yeah. of it all. So I love that you said that because yeah. So, you know, what, so what is a person to do when they're bleeding out mentally, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they can't get anywhere. You're screwed. I mean, what do you, you know, so that, and now because of the pandemic, okay, let's just throw that under the bus for a moment is there's, there's just, there's not enough people out there, or shall I say, there's not the right person for you out there because it's like, you know, I can talk of that for a moment because, um, you know, even maybe the person that I'm seeing now may not be my person. Yes. A hundred percent. So that I think is something to mention. Like, it's like finding anything else in your life. You have to find that right fit. And that takes time, like really a lot of time, like mm -hmm. with it, regardless of whatever you're going through. So I really also feel like in my, in, from coming from the heart is advocating for yourself, mm. you know, and I try to, put that out there as well but it's it's hard to advocate for yourself when you're not there yourself yeah yeah, yeah no i agree with that completely and it was a really big lesson that i had to learn because in my brain i was screaming internally and felt so out of control of my life but was still keeping up with the pressures of society of holding a job and being a wife oh, wow. and a daughter and a sister and all of that and Oh. Once I finally got my diagnosis and told my therapist, she was like, I don't believe you. I have not seen those symptoms of you being bipolar. Like, I don't see that at all. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't tell you. I only tell you the things I wanted you to know because I had to process it first, you know, because that's how my anxiety works. And mm. so I learned the importance of no one can read your mind. No one knows what's going on unless you tell them. And the bravest thing that you can do is to speak up for yourself because mm -hmm. unfortunately in this world, other people aren't going to do it for you because mm -hmm. they might be drowning too. And Absolutely. you have to put on your own oxygen mask, like in the airplanes, you know, you have to be able to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no. And I, I, yeah. And I think it's tough. I think that, you know, I think back, you know, you think 
to your worst possible moments, um, you're not in the mindset to do that. You can always, oh, look back and, yep. oh, you know, because your mind is clearer. You're in a different phase or space in your life. But in that moment, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Forget mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know. so- with all of this being said, and I love these conversations that we've gotten into, what are some ways that you're able to stay mindful about your own mental health moving forward? Yeah, I love that. Um, It's every day, you know, every single day I do some sort of a mantra. I put my stories out there. Everybody knows that I, you know, I I got a few, I kind of throw it out on a beautiful picture. I like taking pictures. specifically of water everything is with water related because we all evolve of water and um if i i I have to see or be near water every day and some Mm -hmm. aspect that was kind of started when i began the podcast um yeah i mean i i say something to the extent of like i am strong and i am confident and i am good and i am free and i am me and i i don't even know where these words clearly came from i mean i was on the beach in those moments, walking up and down and up and down, and I felt more stable physically, not just mentally, because I was going through my imbalance stuff. So sand made me feel better, clearly. And I, maybe some universe, something, and I'm very into universe, puts us where we should be at the mm-hmm. moment we should be there, um, came up with this sort of a mantra. And then I could add on to it a little bit. And I pretty much, not pretty much, that's probably the wrong way to say it, I say those words every day mm. in some aspect. And I usually lay on my floor and look out at something or the wall or wherever I'm at and, um, you know, and, and have this little mantra of my own that sort of gets me to where I want to be the rest of the day. And I feel like when I don't do it, I feel a little bit off or I do feel off. Um, and then I do my vestibular type of exercises and it's this habitual thing or, 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 or mantra, I guess there's, I can't think of another yeah. word that, that I do that makes me feel, um, whole mm. and listening to Dua Lipa, which my kids all make fun yes. of. Why? Because <laughs> I love music. And I love Alexandra that. Bass. I love Justin. I know them by their first names, Alexandra say, crank that shit up and <laughs> I knew, and that's another thing actually regarding the, your question and your thoughts about my my daily mindfulness um I'm really into music I sang when I was feeling my worst of worst because I vocalized forever and did some stuff with my students and when you're singing or when you're moving your body or whatever you're doing and it's very special to your core you don't think your brain shifts into yep. another space. So when I was in my horrific moments, I would be in a parking lot near my house where I was living and I would just be singing it out. Mm. And those moments were glorious because I was feeling wonderful. And I didn't want to ever leave those moments because I wanted to stay in those moments because that was my happy space and my place, you know? And with Lipa, it's interesting. I think it's the tempo. Alexandra and I were trying to figure this out that there's something there. So every morning it's, she is on and whether I'm making my breakfast, I have my, I make my grain bowls or whatever I'm doing. It's always cranked on high. And I'm, you know, and I'm twirling my body and I, and I dance, I'm sharing stuff here. I love um, it. 
I, my friend Iffy out there, I'll say hi to Iffy out in the UK. She's a positivity coach and a friend of mine, Josette, who started a whole platform of hers in California going through RA, has a whole massively Zumba connection community. Thousands of people check her out. And I think it was after that interview with her or them is when I really started moving my body. When you go through vertigo or whatever you're going through, I didn't move. Mm. I was singing, but I wasn't moving. I was scared to move because I was scared if I was not going to feel right. And now I move and I'm always sort of in motion. So mm. I think that movement, mantra, singing, whatever you do in your life, and we all know what makes us happy. I yes. can't tell everybody out there what's going to make you happy because you all know what's going to make you happy. Do it. Mm. Just get lost in it and it will make, it will shift you clearly. Ah, I love that. Like gave me goosebumps. I love how passionate you are about the things that make you passionate and that's how it should be. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your heart with us and for getting so vulnerable about, you know, a topic that, like you said, is trendy, but people really don't dig deeper into Yes, um, absolutely. Before I let you go, I would love sure. to give you an opportunity just to share advice to someone listening. Maybe it's something you wish you would have heard when you were at your lowest or okay. something along those lines. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what, look, I guess, or not, I guess, let me, let me try to process that. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty big question. Yeah. As we were talking through this conversation, when you are at your lowest it's very difficult to think out of the box it's really difficult to say what would i do at this moment because you're so lost in that negativity and 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 so forth but if i had to extract what i wish someone else would have said to me i mean clearly alexandra sparked the interest of a podcast or getting my voice out there just believe that this is not going to be, I'm going to start to cry, forever. Mm. It's not going to be forever. Mm. You're going to move on. You will. I'm going to start to cry. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know, I got really, like, emotional. Um, It's beautiful. Yeah, because um, when you're in it, it's so hard. It's so, so hard, but... No. Um, oh my gosh. Why am I, you're making me cry. I'm um, sorry. No, no, I don't cry. I mean, not that I don't cry. I don't get, <laughs> you know, but I'm really just putting myself back in those moments um, that whatever you're, um, ah, I gotta, I gotta get a drink of my juice okay. here. Um, okay. We can cut a little bit of Helene crying and whatever. <laughs> um, is that whatever when you're in that moment and just know it's not going to last forever it's not going to last forever it's going to move on you can't just jump off a bridge and okay i'm not advocating that i'm using that as an expression just because of that moment and i used to tell my students that the many who would line up to talk to me this shit will pass girlfriend Mm -hmm. boyfriend This, you know, someone or, you know, guys in relationships and all kinds of stuff and people and mental health and my stuff and your stuff and pandemic stuff. This is not forever. It's not. I'm old enough. I'm 57 to say it's not going to last forever. And when you're in it, I really was like, how is it ever going to pass? I mean, 
clearly my connection to my therapist, Helena, saved my life. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a lot of energy to put on one person and say, oh, wow, she was the one, but she was the one that said, okay, here are some strategies. All I wanted was strategies. That's yeah. all I wanted because I'm so independent in my thought. I hate depending upon people. I'm, you know, a powerhouse, you know, and all of a sudden I was not able to take care of myself and it sucked and I hated it. And I hated the way it made me feel in my mind and in my body. So I needed survival tactics. And that's when I started to collect them through the support of her. So my suggestion would be, try your hardest to find if that one occupational therapist or a therapist or whatever person is not working for you try your best to find someone who is going to help you at try to use your voice as shitty as it might be and just know it's not going to last forever mm. rainbows will happen yes you brought it all around for me i love it <laughs> anyway yeah oh, thank you thank you so much again for your time oh and your God, heart awesome. I oh cannot wait to continue supporting you and your amazing community that you've built around oh, thank you um as a reminder to everyone listening all of Helene's info and her podcast and where you can find her on social media will be linked down below in the episode notes so definitely give her a follow and be collected by her join her community <laughs> Thank you. And I will try not to cry so much, but it's crying <laughs> out of validation because we all need to be validated by ourselves. Remember, validate yourself first. Yeah. Then validate everybody else. So important. And I'm on the roll. Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I am quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to our incredible guests for getting so vulnerable with us about their own personal stories and for helping each of us remember to look at a situation with a new perspective. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. It really does make a difference in helping us get these conversations out there to the world. If you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, please send us an email at hello at Stay colorful and we'll see you next week, besties.